in Music Video Land, and welcome to another edition of uh, the Music Video Land podcast. This week in Music Video is brought to you by your super good friends at imdb.com, the internet music video database. Uh, my name is Adam, and with me as usual, um, it's the handsome podcast boy, Mr. Doug Clarence. How are you, Doug? Dude, it's super good, Adam. Man, I'm the macho like Randy. Um, so... Macho Man Randy Savage is a is a frequent. Uh, he seems to come up a lot in in raps. Have you noticed this in the last like maybe five years or so? Yeah, I think it makes sense. Lil Wayne uh, mentions him a few times. What song is that? Is that line from? The which one? The Lil Wayne one? No, or the, the one, one that, that you just mentioned. I, it's from Pandas. Oh, I'm, I completely missed that in Pandas. Okay, it's the Pandas is hard to. Understand it's something. a little hard to follow, and I haven't gone <laughs> on the genius page for it yet. Um, this is a podcast where we talk about music videos, music video releases, and we have some pretty um, special stuff to talk about this week. It's been a big week for music videos. It really has. Um, yeah, I feel like we haven't been able to say that in a long time. Yeah, that's and, true. And have it not be like VMA week or <laughs> some, something weird, but uh, this is just have been has been kind of just like a genuinely big music video week. That's right, because we have so we we have a little bit of controversy to talk about. We also have yeah. some very famous film directors directing music videos, right? Um, for with varying degrees of success, mm-hmm. uh, and we also have, uh, as you mentioned, a, a, actually this hasn't happened in a while, a, a chart topper that doesn't have a music video um, coming out with a music video after it's been really popular. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to call this the "Come with Me" effect. Um, you know, referencing uh, Puff, the Daddy's Puff Daddy song, yeah, 1997, "Come with Me," uh, where he was, I think, number one on the Billboard Hot 100, and did not have, or at least he was on TRL in yeah. the top ten, number one at least, and did not have a video for it. And, and then he put out a pretty bad one. <laughs> yeah. uh, Remember, they used to have to show the SNL. Budget. They used to have to show the SNL. Uh, performance on TRL because they didn't yeah. have a video for it. Right. So you, you're, you're forcing me to bring this up by mentioning Come With Me, and that is, of course, the um, camp, the eighth grade acting camp that mm-hmm. we went to in eighth grade that often comes up on this podcast, uh, <laughs> was, also a, was also a singing camp, and there was a talent show every Friday at this camp, and we performed uh, Come With Me by Puff Daddy, Featuring Jimmy Page, you did the Jimmy Page parts, <laughs> and I did, and I did the Puff Daddy parts, and we were the coolest fucking kids at that camp, uh, and and I any you know any anybody who was at that camp when we were in eighth grade, show me the lie, point out the lie because there's not one where we were the coolest. That's right, Giovanna. If you can find somebody. <laughs> if you can find somebody cooler than us from that's that right, camp. Fuck, that's right, Phyllis. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's, um, wow, that's a, a memory that literally has been packed away for a good 15 mm-hmm. years. And you coughed it out. Coughed it out. It's coming up to the forefront. Um, wow, because I do remember some embarrassing moments from that camp, but I think that might be the pinnacle. Yeah, we did two Puff Daddy songs. We also did the All About the Benjamins Rock remix, uh, wow. and that went, that went over so well that we're like, let's pull out all the stops and do fucking Come With Me next. We were pretty, <laughs> yeah, we were pretty, we were into two things, really, at that time, Puff Daddy and the Godzilla movie. <laughs> uh, and the game. Michael, Michael Douglas, Sean Penn. <clears throat> exactly, yeah, which I think of all those things probably holds up the best. <laughs> yes, yeah, it does, it does. If you uh, watch that movie now, it is it is still an amazing movie. I haven't seen it in a while, but it's still a mind. It's still a mind fuck of a movie. It really That's, is. 
If anybody doesn't know what we're talking about, we're talking about the classic Michael Douglas, Sean Penn movie, The Game. Yeah, Game. Uh, who directed I think, ah, that's yeah. a really good question. <laughs> I, I searched The Game and I got the rapper. That's now who I want. Uh, you gotta the do game. the game film, yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, shit. It's our, it's our big boy, big music video boy, David Fincher. That's right. I knew it was a big name. I thought, and, it, was, I thought it was Fincher. Yeah. Uh, uh, music yeah. was by Howard Shore, so... Yeah. And you might say it grossed $109.4 million at the box office. <laughs> you might say that. <laughs> so speaking of music video so directors, I mean, like I said, we have a lot of interesting stuff to talk about uh, tonight. But one of maybe, you know, this doesn't happen that often. We had two music videos come out by notable film directors, um, one by Paul Thomas Anderson. And the other, I don't, you know, I don't, can't remember the last time I saw this, but one by M. Night Shyamalan. Yeah, P.T. Anderson's been farting out shit music videos for the last couple <laughs> of years now. But, but, uh, yeah. but, but um, M. Night Shyamalan, it's not, this is the first time. Um, I've seen a music video from him, and he, does he have a background in music videos that I, I was unaware of? You know, I don't think so. I am not really familiar with M. Light Shyamalan's career that much, aside from his film work. But I, I, I'm pretty sure, like, I did a little bit of a searching because we only have this video in the database for him. Uh, I couldn't find anything else. And I know he like before he got uh, his own film career. I know I think he like ghost wrote a bunch of movies or something like that. Like I think he comes from a writing background. I don't think he comes from anything that will lead him to music videos. Uh, but it, it, so this video is called Rise Up, and it is in parentheses inspiration version. I'm not really sure what that's about. Well, there's a, there's a different version, but and both of these videos are were <laughs> added to the database by Devin Sorno. So the um, we we can ba- basically guarantee the uh, validity of that. Uh, it looks like it looks like there is a um, just like a pure performance version of the same video okay. or of the, of the same song. It's different. It's uh, it's not even. It's not like it's just the same performance from the um, inspiration version. It's just a. It's called the introspective version, and it's her in a, in like the forest. And interestingly enough, there is no director credit on this video. It just has a DP producer, first first AD, um, and let me just see. That is and interesting. It's a, and, it's it's a first AD. and it's a different crew entirely. So it's not like this was maybe an, an M. Night video that he just took his name off of. He's like, I didn't direct this, <laughs> this one. Uh, so it's very interesting. I'm not really sure what the what – the, um, why they decided to do that, especially because I actually think um, that the Rise Up video is pretty nice. I think it's kind of a, it's kind of a lovely video. It's not like it's got a couple of moments that I think are um, are a little cheesy that I think come from M Night Shyamalan, like just not quite having the um, narrative voice uh, for music videos, just like not recognizing what's going to be tacky. Or cheesy. Like, I feel like just, like, for the very last shot of the video, for example, where she's, like, just kind of, like, walks out of the restaurant and the last shot is the door closing. You don't, you don't, you didn't need that. And obviously, we haven't talked about the video yet, so uh, I'm not going to be able to explain why you don't need that. Um, so maybe we should start there. Um, yeah. Uh, do you, so this video is basically about a couple, right? Um, yeah. And 
it's an interracial couple. I don't know, really, really even know if that's pertinent. Oh, I don't, and I actually don't know if it's necessarily uh, true. They their skin complexions are different, but we don't. It's not like obvious what race either of these people are. That's true. I, yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't. Uh, but either they're they're a, I think what's significant about the two couples is that or the two people in this couple is that the husband of in the couple is uh, in a wheelchair uh, and and it's kind of like but but it's slowly revealed um, and that's one of the things I really like about this video is kind of like as as the video progress the story does like they, they reveal little little moments about the story so first you, you see the, a couple and the um, Male, the the husband, I, I guess they they live in the same home, so you don't have to be a husband, but I guess that's assumed. Uh, is in bed, and the uh, the lady, uh, what is what, I, I don't remember what the message says, but there's like some message on a um, <clears throat> keyboard or something like a on an iPad or something out. Um, but he's in bed, like it's not immediately clear that he's immobile. Um, but then, kind of as the video builds uh it's revealed like kind of slowly that he's immobile and 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 also apparently like apparently paralyzed because later in the video it shows her feeding him um uh, and it's totally totally paralyzed yeah i mean he could talk yeah yeah and um um, is well the the message on the video on the little uh, screen which is on his chair i don't know why she gets that's like the first thing she checks when she gets up but um she gets out of bed and goes over to the screen it says i want to take you on a, on a date today or something, oh, right, something like right. that. That's what it said, right. Um, so, uh, um, yeah, so that's uh, – oh, and, and also there's like a, a moment where like near the middle of the video where like um, it's also revealed that he was like in the in military. Right. Um, so basically the um, – the video just kind of plays out of them kind of getting ready for this date. There's kind of like a um, – like a, a very like stereotypical movie moment of like the woman coming out after getting ready and, and looking very nice. And the, uh, the man kind of like being at the other end of the hallway, kind of just like watching her as she walks towards him. And that moment is really nice in this video because it, it also kind of like triggers in your mind that she, she had to get him ready first. Right. And yeah. she still like went and got ready for herself so she could have this moment. Like the video is just filled with um things that this woman is doing beyond the obvious stuff, beyond the like having to put put him in the uh, in the back of a, a van when they go to the go to dinner and hold the menu up for him and, and all of the kind of like obvious things that you would need to do for a person. Um who who has lost mobility in their whole body, but like the little subtleties of the not just the like physically doing stuff, but like the order in which stuff happens. Like I feel like lots of the story is revealed in a very nice way in this video, and so all that stuff is good. Uh, I, I really enjoyed that 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 uh, part of the video, and then it's like a a nice moment at the end where um, throughout the video she's. She's driving. She's having to feed him. She she had to dress him. All of this stuff, um, but she still said says like thank you for taking me out tonight at the end. And it's just you know it's a it's a little like hokey and sappy, but I th- I think that I think they pull it off. Um, uh, what did you think? Yeah, there were there. It was really interesting to watch this through the lens of this being an M Night Shyamalan video because it's absolutely not something that you would 
uh, expect to come from him for for a number of reasons. There's no uh, twist. Yeah, well, yeah, there's no twist at the end. I actually was kind of waiting for that. Me too. Um, <laughs> me too. Um, but it is really interesting in in that how how simple of a story this tells and the elements that he chose to leave in. Um, this really is just these, this couple wakes up and goes to, I think it's lunch because it's all happening in broad daylight. Even when they're coming back, it's not nighttime. True. Um, but they dress up, they dress up. They do dress up. Yeah. And, it, and it, it's a weird kind of like fantasy world because the, you know, nobody except for I'm sure a select few just kind of gets up and, and they're like, yeah, let's go out for a fancy dinner to, or lunch today. Um, you know, apropos of nothing, but there's also this weird moment, not weird, but interesting moment, like in the video where she gets out of the van because she has to first, because she has to go around the other side of the van to let the guy out. And she kind of shares this moment with this kind of person, you know, hot dude, her age ish, yeah, uh, where they kind of lock eyes and it's. It to me, it was a little. All elements of this video felt a little maudlin in that way, where it was, you know, playing on your emotions a little too, you know, a little too barely. Uh, and that moment felt like a little bit that, like a little soap opery. Like uh, I actually, I actually read that moment a little bit differently. I read it as just their indication that she is cap- more capable of. Like, she's capable of having a different husband, basically. Like, mm-hmm. if it's not obvious. But, like, the, I think I at least I, – I chose – because I initially was like, what what up with that? And then I kind of, like um, – maybe I'm rationalizing it a little bit. But I, I read that more as – after thinking about it, of, of her of, – of them just kind of, like, revealing that she, you know, if she – if, like, that able – like, able-bodied – Handsome men are interested in her, um, but she's she's like that's another thing. You know, she's she's staying by him. Something I don't know. Uh, maybe you're right. Maybe it was added in there to just like add an, an, a soap opera t- type element. Um, but I I chose to just because of the like sub- subject matter of the song and rise up and mm-hmm. um, and just kind of like the the positive message that's in the song and kind of just in the rest of the video that I, I kind of just thought that it made more sense to me that the, 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 the intention of that moment was to somehow convey a positive message. No, you're right. I think it does convey a positive message and, uh, yeah, I, I just overall was, was kind of confused. <laughs> this is coming from M. Night Shyamalan. Um, maybe I shouldn't be. Maybe I'm not as familiar with M. Night Shyamalan work, Shyamalan's work as I should be. Um, but for me, this had a, a very, you know, a very emotional but simple message. Um, mm-hmm. Simple not in a bad way. Um, no. And it, does all, it also interspersed with basically... Uh, footage of Andre Day singing in uh, maybe the same restaurant. She's singing in an empty restaurant. Yeah, I think probably the same restaurant. Yeah, and yeah, it's an inspirational song um, and a great video. And yeah, I guess so. Would you, Doug? Would you like to see more work from M. M. Night Shyamalan if you want? That's uh, that's an interesting question. I I would be interested in in seeing. I I don't th- I think that he would. I don't want to see more like tug at your heartstrings stuff. 
from him, I don't think. If if he's going to be like the, you know, <laughs> because P.T. Anderson, you know, just keeps making shitty music videos of people walking around. <laughs> so if that's what he, if that's, if like, you know, if, if, uh, if M. Night just becomes, um, I'm going to, I'm going to make you sad with my music video guy. Um, but, you or know, inspired. I do. Or inspired, right. But I, I do think that he does, there are some, some interesting things here that usually when somebody doesn't do a lot of music videos and then suddenly does a high profile music video, uh, they struggle. They don't know the language very well. And I think that that's part of why I don't like the PT Anderson videos, because I think, I think he thinks he's doing something more interesting than he is. Um, but, but what M Knight is, is doing here is, um, I think he also thinks he's doing something more interesting than he is, but he's, He's he is doing he's a little bit more more right I guess like some of what he's doing is is unique and I think that the way that he revealed the elements of this story worked for the whole music video he very easily could like have have had the husband wake up and and there'd be the army fatigue or whatever like the military stuff is revealed right away like all of the elements of the story could have been packed into the beginning and then the video would have just been two people getting ready but i think that he does manage to build the story along in a way that kind of keeps you keeps you engaged enough throughout um and because of that yeah i I think if he if he wants to try to do more of that stuff or or you know he's got he's got he's got me interested enough yeah, he, he definitely gets the idea that you can tell a fragment of a story in a music video and mm-hmm. it doesn't need to be so conceptual. And uh, you can leave, you can you can kind of tell a bite-sized piece of a narrative without having to resolve things. Which yeah. I think when people who don't, or, or directors specifically who don't usually direct music videos get into that, I think they fall into some of those traps. Needing to, A, resolve narratives... Or feeling that narratives are off limits because they are are, are very used to the traditional rules of the mm-hmm. full length film narrative where you have arcs and things like that where you don't necessarily need to in a music video. Um, and I think it, it can be tough for a traditional filmmaker to, to to let go of needing to complete an arc or to wrap up a storyline. Um, but then you can go and so we should talk about the Paul Thomas Anderson. Well, I just want to say, I, th- I think I just want to say real quick about the, about what M Night is doing is that he, um, this, this, and what I think Paul Thomas Anderson isn't is you can see some of the connections between his, the way at least he tells stories in his films and the way he tells stories in, in this music video. Uh, he tells stories like I think M. Night Shyamalan is a great storyteller. Uh, he's had a couple of dud movies, but like he's had a, a bunch of really great ones, too. And so um, and the, and the stories are have been really interesting because he reveals key elements of the story in, in unconventional ways. And I think you're, you're seeing some of that in this video. Um, and so I, I also like the fact that you can kind of connect his film work a little bit to this like yeah there was no twist like it like suddenly at the end of the video like the husband didn't like stand up and start jumping around and it was like what and like and like and, and then the camera pans and like the wife's in a wheelchair and it's like you don't like what, what you don't understand what happened but uh it, you can still see some of some mirroring of his film career and i i, I prefer that to like paul thomas anderson who's like 
super stylized and super considered and, 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 and all of that in his film work and like almost overwritten at times and versus his music video work, which is just the, the utter opposite. It's almost like he's like trying to look at music videos, like to do something different and to stretch a different muscle or something like that. And I think it's a muscle that is is weak for a reason. So let's talk about this uh, Radiohead video because Radiohead, Doug. So are, we haven't really talked about this before. Are you a Radiohead fan? I, I am. A, I'm a huge Radiohead fan. I didn't listen to Radiohead in high school, which is when I'm assuming you were a Radiohead fan. Yeah, I, I was brought in after. So basically, around the uh, Kid A Amnesiac. Cool. Um, yeah, so I didn't listen to Radiohead in high school, and then I also didn't listen to Radiohead after high school. Mm-hmm. So I've never really listened to Radiohead. Well, it's funny, you know that there's that uh, Katy Perry song, the one that got away. You know that song, mm-hmm. where she says uh, "Made out in your Mustang" to Radiohead, and she also identifies it as the summer after high school. And Doug, you and I are the same age as Katy Perry, so that mm-hmm. is the same summer. And I do remember. That summer after high school, Hail to the Thief coming out. Um, so I, I, I have a, a very deep connection to, to Radiohead in terms of stuff that came after, let's say, uh, 1999. Um, mm-hmm. and I was more excited about the like sudden emergence of Kanye West and the, like all of the pre-college dropout stuff. That's where my music attention was was kept. Yeah, I, I did not get into Kanye West until well. What year was the college? What year was the, his first album called Dropout? Right. Yeah, that was our fresh. Like we were freshmen in first semester in college. Right. I remember. I remember. I had the uh, workout plan and Jesus walks on my iPod. For yeah. The first semester of college. And he, so there was like a you know like he was those songs were leaking and you know if you remember much like he just did it with the Life of Pablo album he like re-recorded and remastered or re, re basically remade every song from the college dropout because they all had leaked so he just like made them <laughs> made them again so they'd be different um, and he even like fake he even re-recorded through the wire even though when he originally recorded through the wire he was act, he actually had his jaw wired shut he really? then re, he then re-recorded the song and just kept his teeth closed no way uh, so yeah. the, the version so when i listen to that uh, you know if i go i listen to that a lot when i'm running for some reason cuz it's a long song um if i go on spotify and listen to that version is that the that's uh, the version where he's just keeping his teeth closed Probably. Yeah, 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 I'm pretty sure. And I want to, like, um, yeah, I think, like, the one you hear now is a fake. Is He's not actually. Um, Whoa. You, that, okay, that just kind of changes my perspective on a lot of things. Uh, wow. I assumed that there was only one. I had heard, heard he re-recorded some songs from that album, but I, I didn't know that one. Um, yeah. Because anybody um, who doesn't the know track circula- the track circulated on West mixtape get well soon mm-hmm. before being of- officially re-released in re-recorded form in late 2003. So anybody who d- who doesn't know that song through the wire is is kind of ostensibly recorded after Kanye West had a car accident and his jaw was wired shut. Um, mm-hmm. Which people who are I remember Rick Ross made a reference to that in his. Uh, of uh, you know his verse on devil in a, a new dress on mm-hmm. 
uh, my beautiful dark twisted fantasy. So it comes up from time to time, but that's kind of a famous early Kanye West track. Yeah, and it, the, and we talk about it, the music video for it with um, on the episode with um, Chike, directed by Cootie and Chike, and the video is basically a lot of it is just like um, it's basically like a corkboard. And the camera, it, like your your the perspective is moving around the corkboard, and you see, um, you know, just like different photos of Kanye. Sometimes the photos are video. Um, doesn't make sense, but it works. Uh, and uh, so some of those photos uh, uh, are of him, like put in the post car accident, like post surgery, like cheeks all huge, and you can still see it on his face. The um, like residual effects, his cheeks still have an impact. Um, but like right after, right around this album, they were real kind of like, uh, there was like real like swelling or something there. You know, Doug, I, I miss the old Kanye. Oh man. And we're going to be talking about Kanye in a little bit. He's in the video. <laughs> he is. Talking. Yeah. I was surprised to see him. Oh, um, were you? Oh, uh, well maybe uh, you shouldn't be because designers on his label. Yeah, but Kanye West doesn't really pop up in music videos that much anymore. True. Um, but so let's back to the Radiohead real quick. Yeah, yeah, we had backtrack. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Fell down a bit of a rabbit hole. So Radiohead released a new album. It's called um, Moonshaped Pool. College Dropout. Oh, sorry. <laughs> it's called Radiohead's College Dropout. They cover every <laughs> College Dropout song. Um, it's a fantastic album. I like it a lot. Re- recently, bands from you know my formative years, high school and college, have been coming back with just A-plus album, Weezer's. White album is is their best album in fifteen years, which is very exciting. And then Radiohead releases a great album, um, which is also very exciting. And so they did a video for um, Burn the Witch, and uh, it was an animated video, pretty interesting um, by an animator that they worked with it worked with before. And then so then they had this daydreaming video, which is a, do- a track off this album, directed by Paul Thomas Anderson. It's a long song. It's about uh, six and a half minutes. Pretty slow song. And, you know, I, I had forgotten that Paul Thomas Anderson directed a video uh, called uh, Sapoconicon for Joanna Newsom in 2015, which... He actually did two Joanna Newsom videos in 2015. That's right, the Divers video as well. Um, but I think the Sapoconicon one is notable for the fact that we all were kind of scratching our heads on this podcast when that came out because yeah. of the fact that it just features Joanna Newsom literally just walking around. Yeah. Um, not a lot else going on. And mm-hmm. in this daydreaming video, it feature, features Tom York, the lead singer and songwriter of Radiohead, walking through different doors um, into different <laughs> environments. And like he'll walk through, he'll be in a laundromat and he'll walk through and he'll be in a different room. And um, I, I watched this video several times trying to find a thread that I was missing and I could not. It, it it's it's pretty much holding on pretty tight till the end. There is not that. There is no idea beyond that. The idea is that what you just said. I don't think there's like a, I don't think the rooms really have. Maybe they just like this room's interesting. Hey, this room's interesting. <laughs> like I think that's just basically that's that's Paul and Tom just kind of talking. We think this room. This room's interesting. Like that's that's them coming up with this fucking video. <laughs> Is that is that not how those fucking guys talk? I just feel like that's it. And so um, it's funny to me, like, uh, we talk about a lot, like, Paul Thomas Anderson, Anderson shouting out uh, the uh, Emily Kaibach-directed Oblivion video for Grimes 
um, a lot. But based on these last two videos, it feels like he he didn't he took the wrong shit from that video and just remade it. Like the thing he took from that video is uh, a, like that you don't have to like ha- like he I don't know like. It, there is some similarities, right? Um, mm-hmm. Like and the I, Joanna Newsom video and the Radiohead video feel like they're kind of – feel like they could be – have been made by, you know, two kids in a camera mm-hmm. like and the Oblivion video is. But the atmosphere and um, like otherworldliness that Emily and Evan Proflowski, the DP, were able to achieve in the Grimes video are not achieved in these in these weirdo Paul Thomas Anderson videos. And I did get a kind of an Evan Profloski cinematography vibe from how this video was shot. Um, Similarly to the Joanna Newsom video, really. Like, the cinematography in those videos are, are nice. Are nice enough. You know what I mean? They're very, like, filmic and, and kind of stripped back. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not really in your face and or oversaturated or, or anything like that. Um, but... I don't know. I, th- I feel like Evan does it a lot more naturally. Um, and we got to give a shout out to Ari Robbins, uh, who has been on this podcast for his uh, pretty brilliant. St- I, that was one of my favorite parts of this video is the brilliant steady cam work. Here. Yeah. Right. Um, and so the, he's walking through doors and he kind of land. He, he ends by kind of going up a mountain, not kind of going up a mountain, going up a mountain and going into a cave where there's a fire and laying down to sleep. And <sighs> I was really, really genuinely frustrated by this video because of its kind of obtuseness. Um, I, I, one thing I loved is seeing Tom York walk around because Tom York is not somebody that we've seen in music videos that much. I think the last time we really saw him was in the Lotus Flower video for a, mm-hmm. for a few years ago, which was fine, but not really. You know, Tom looks kind of a Tom York is kind of a, a living rock alternative rock legend uh mm-hmm. you know i think he's like he's like the kanye west he, I mean, he he really is and he's got this kind of look now where he's got this long hair um and he is he is kind of a, a living modern rock legend and there's a lot you can do with him besides having him kind of look perplexed as he goes through rooms i was as but you were but you were, that does appeal to you i get that like it yeah. does appeal to like you he's a cool dude like i would i'd walk a, i'd watch a fucking video of kanye walking around rooms like i would yeah. watch that it wouldn't be what i choose for his music video to be mm-hmm. um but if that video existed I'd, pro- I'd probably watch it especially if it had fucking you know uh, ultralight beams behind it, or something like that. Like, and they and it was called Kanye's music video. I'd be like, oh, <laughs> he's fucking cool. Um, but and I've heard people make that argument for the Joanna Newsom video as well. That like, if you're a fan of Joanna Newsom, like this isn't an environment that you're used to seeing her in, and it's kind of interesting that she's fucking walking around the streets. I've and like this is for this is for her fans to like appreciate her. I've literally heard this argument about this video, and I don't discredit the that element of like this is a cool person and seeing him seeing him be cool is cool and like you know tom york is cool when he walks around but that's that doesn't make a good music video i yeah i 100% agree because it's really interesting to compare this with the m night Shyamalan video and what these two directors 
the conception of what they should bring to a music video. Mm-hmm. Um, because I feel like when Paul Thomas Anderson formulates a music video in his head, he starts with this concept. And um, I feel like the ending is a little bit tacked on as well. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like they were looking for some way to end this. And obviously they had to plan this in advance and you know find a cave for Tom York to crawl into but um i feel like he really literally just starts from a, a spot of like hey for it's a music video it's a short little thing let's just get a concept going how about tom york walks through a bunch of doors and he's in a different place every time we can yeah it's like work. cool let's do yeah. it yeah. but that sucks because sorry <laughs> okay that shit sucks because listen that's not maybe if that was the con uh the context in which the song was made and it was like some kind of like quick like song that was made really like hastily and like it was made under those same conditions or it was some weird science fair where tom york and paul thomas anderson get together and they each have 24 hours to make art or some weird thing summer camp or something but uh other than that other than that like scenario i think the the music video is the music video is art too and it should like reflect the time and consideration that went into the song and fucking radiohead like scrubbed all their shit from the internet before releasing this stuff and you know acted all weird and and you know everything was super considered and um, you can you can do like off the cuff and and mix it with something considered. And every once in a while, you can make something that's entertaining, entertaining, uh, like Eric Wareheim and Ziz Ansari did. But um, <laughs> but that stuff doesn't like really live forever, um, like like an actual Eric Wareheim music video will. Like Bubble Butt will live on, um, you know. The Eric Wareham's Beach House video will live on much longer than him and Aziz dancing around Italy does. Mm-hmm. And by making this type of music video, you don't allow for the video to live on as long as the song can um, because it's it's just going to be a flash in the pan. This is enough to get somebody to write about it. Um, but the like burn the witch video on the other hand is going to be memorable and it's going to bring something and it, and it has something that a, like a, a filmmaker brought the same level of care to the video as the artist did as Radiohead did to the song. And I don't know, maybe I'm, maybe I'm foolish, but I think that shit matters. Absolutely. And I think Radiohead's a band that, knows that matters because they've made some I mean they, they they haven't made I wonder if they've made an iconic video in terms of something that everybody will uh, recognize but in terms of videos from the 90s I think they have some of the the, the main set pieces like uh, the video for No Surprises or Caramel yeah. Police or um, Just from 1995 directed by Jamie Thraves is a video that I've heard Countless people identify as their favorite music video of all time. Mm-hmm. We've talked about no, no surprises in Car and Police a hundred times on this podcast. This yeah. is <laughs> this is episode like one, this is episode one ninety something. Yeah. One of those videos has been brought up essentially like every two or three episodes, uh, particularly when we would talk to other directors. Have we talked about? Um, have we talked about Just? I think a director brought up Just to us before. Um, just as is 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 kind of like a seminal music video for for me, um, nineteen ninety five. So it's twenty one years old now. Um, 
But it, it, it's one of those videos that is just such a brilliantly executed concept. We we have a we have an episode of the podcast called "No Surprises." <laughs> <laughs> episode episode eight with Ben Bar uh, featuring Ben Barnes mm-hmm. uh, is called No Surprises. Ben Barnes, who um, um, directed some Y music videos and a couple other cool, cool, cool vids um, way back. Episode eight. Because I think we used to, used to ask directors what their favorite music videos were. And, and I, I would say Radiohead videos are on a lot of people's lists. No Surprises is interesting because... It, it's kind of both a stunt and a video. It's you've seen yeah. it, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, directed by Grant Gee in 1997, it's where Tom York is a much younger Tom York, um, 19 years younger Tom York is is. You just see his face, and as he's singing, the the bowl, like there, it's, it becomes clear that he his head is in a bowl and it's filling up with water, and uh, he kind of is brought to the point of almost drowning, and then the water drains out of the bowl. So very. Simple. I think. Yeah, I'm sorry. I was gonna say I think Ben Barnes did a, I think he does did a similar video, and that's why he, um, I think he said said something like you know this is my version of No Surprises, <laughs> or something like that. You know, um, so anyway, they had the point that we were making with that stuff is that Radiohead has made, and uh, and are making <laughs> great considered videos. Um, Burn the Witch to me is like the exact opposite end of the spectrum as the um, what's the, the the daydreaming video. And honestly, the if you look at the you know they came out a day apart. And I know the the Burn the Witch video came out first, and like a new Radiohead song, everyone's like, oh my god, a new Radiohead song, like flipping out. But like two or three days later, if another Radiohead song comes out, like it should have, they should have similar numbers. And right now the burn the witch video has got it, got it blown out of the park. Um, 11 million to 4 million views. Mm-hmm. And with that, and it doesn't have the Paul Thomas Anderson kind of fire behind it as well. And I, th- and I think flat out because the, the burn the witch video is better. And so, it um, is, and we should so just to, to real quick with the Bird and the Witch video. It is a like a stop motion animation video. That yeah, is directed by Chris Hopewell, who has directed music videos for them before. If you remember the There There video from two thousand three, which is kind of a hybrid animation slash live action video. Um, mm-hmm. he's, done, he's done videos for um, uh, Graham Coxton and uh, the Killers and, and a few different other artists. Um, but it's it's a really weird video, and it's we shouldn't really ex- explain it here because I think it's it it uh, it has it's just it's just it's worth you know it's it's sixties inspired yes um, like sixties inspired stop motion animation. Um, Chris Harpwell did the uh, Hopewell did the art direction as well, which I think and, and the production design, mm-hmm. and so it's all very much you know his his vision and his execution on a lot of this stuff, and yeah, very much you know it reminded me of. Um, uh, like Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. It's, yeah, it's exactly that style. Yeah, that's sick. That's that's that the cartoons from that era. Those those Christmas stop motion Christmas cartoons that they've played every year for the last fifty years. Um, uh, yeah, it, it feels a lot like that. And so, but it's great. And it's like it starts. It starts out like it seems like it's gonna be similarly toned as maybe Frosty or Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and then things get kind of dark 
in there. <laughs> but it's nice. It's I, I think it's a really cool video, and I I was stoked on the video when when it came out. Um, and yeah, then video, was, great song too. Uh, yeah, and then super bummed out by the P.T. Anderson. <laughs> P.T. Anderson, why you gotta just swoop in and ruin you know, everything? You you blew. It. And look, I'm like I'm not like a Paul Thomas Anderson. Like I'm gonna shit on you. Like I don't. I like Paul Thomas Anderson a lot. Um, I like uh, his his film. Some of his films are so, like. There will be blood is one of my favorite movies, but I don't <laughs> just like stay stay out of music videos, Paul. <laughs> and and there have there has to be a line out the door of amazing music video directors in their late twenties, early thirties, who would do anything to direct a, a Radiohead music video right. and absolutely break their A game. So I'm, I'm when these, uh, you know, very established artists go with somebody who is established in other mediums to direct a music video, it's kind of a missed opportunity for me. I feel like I would love to see somebody who has something to kind of prove, do something yeah. like that. Yeah. I think that's the problem though. It's like, Radiohead is like, oh, I'm not, I'm not wasting my time with anyone who's got something to prove. Like, I want to do somebody who's like well, well proven. Yeah, even if it, even that's even if that's that's a, a misstep, um, I can at least understand the perspective. I think it's wrong, but I get where they're. I get the thought process. But then you look at somebody like Paul McCartney and look at his, you know, the last three people direct his music videos: Ryan Heffington, Daniel Askell, and Vincent Haycock. I mean, that's a those are three names of you were like, hey, who who is who would who would be do an interesting job um, yeah. on this music video, and who right. who has who is established enough to direct a Paul McCartney music video, but has something to prove still. Um, right. That's a great that's a great roster right there. Yeah. Um, Paul Thomas Anderson, I don't think falls into that whatsoever. No, um, but maybe you know maybe M Night Shyamalan does, you know. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know, Jesus. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, that's an interesting one. I, I, um, I'd love to know more about how that came together. And because and, it's also got a very interesting kind of wrinkle to it that it was – it's got this weird other video. <laughs> this other, not weird. The other video is fine. It's just a kind of just like a very straightforward performance video. Mm-hmm. Um it looks nice. It's not something I would get. I would. It's not something we would be talking about on this podcast if if it you know if it if it didn't come along with this M Night video, right? So saying goodbye to our friends M Night Shyamalan and P T Anderson, uh, which stands like for Paul Thomas. Yeah, Paul Thomas. But we should keep Kanye West around. Absolutely, yeah. Because let's keep him around. Let's keep him around to like drive a car <laughs> or stand and look really cool. That's right, because so let me actually check on the Billboard Hot 100 because yeah, I, I know so Rihanna and Drake's uh, work was hot, you know the top song, um, but I believe it is. Let me just check here because I'm a little bit out of touch. Why is the Hot 100's website so slow to load? Um, I also don't know if like not knowing the t- Billboard Top 100 quite <laughs> qualifies as being out of touch. I I kind of I I check that list frequently. Okay, so this was the number one song. Um, this is Panda by Designer. Mm-hmm. Um, it is now One Dance by Drake featuring Wizkid and uh, Kylo. Oh, wow. I do not understand, but anyway, that's another conversation. You don't um, like that song? I not not really. I, not as much as you like pandas. 
Pain, that's it's a great song. It took me a little while to get into it, but it's a why because you like because you like part two better. Uh, get you gotta help me out on that one. Father, stretch my hands, part two. From um, the from the Kanye West album. Yeah, yeah. I, I is there a connection between those two? Yeah, he yeah he does the like I got broads in Atlanta part is in that song too. Oh shit, you're right. Okay, I had not made that connection. At I, all. It's I'm pretty sure like part two samples pandas. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Now that's making a lot of sense because there was uh, some misconnections in my brain there, but but yeah, like part two. Uh, there's father stretch my hands, and then it's technically called part two now on the right. like final version, but it's it was initially called father stretch my hands part two. Um, uh, Kanye West featuring designer off of the life of Pablo. Um, yeah, that, which is the I I feel like father stretch my hands was popular first. Mm-hmm. I think this is how it happened, and then. People were like, oh, this is from this other song. And there's like, oh, shit, this other song is cool. <laughs> and then they like, just kept listening to that. And Designer has been you know, pretty, pretty popular lately. He's been popular for his spastic dabbing, um, which everyone knows about. And it features prominently in this music video. So is um, he the creator of dabbing? No. But he is he is he has brought it to he is a uh, artist. He's brought he's brought it to a way another level. I heard a story I can't remember where now of somebody watching him perform live, and he's doing this like crazy fast dabbing that he does. We probably sound super white talking about, (laughs) Uh, and he's like dab 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 puke and just pukes and then goes. Goes right back into it. I can't can't remember. If, I think it was maybe Jess or Mike, my sister, uh, uh, or her husband, who told me about this. Uh, yeah, just like dab, dab, puke, dab, rap. Um, so uh, anyway, anyway, designers, designers, a cool ass dude. I think he's like nineteen years old, super young kid, and he's. Um, I think he's also on. Good music. I think he's Kanye West's artist. Mm-hmm. Um, and he just so they just released the video for this for Panda, which is interesting because it it, it was a and it's a title exclusive. Yeah, great. Um, it, <clears throat> although I could watch it through the embed. Um, yeah, but this is a video that so last week it was number one on the Billboard 100 and did not have a video, which is rare. Yeah, um, I think the last one to do that in my memory is uh, Dark Horse by Katy Perry. Um, or and I think One Dance may not have a video as well as well. No, yeah, One Dance doesn't have one now. Uh, so this just came out, and uh, I so I've only seen this video maybe one time, but I I, I love this video. I think it's fantastic. yeah, I think it's really great. I think it's a little bit of like a narrative mess, but I I think that's okay. Like there there there's it's it looks fantastic. It has such really great energy, mm-hmm. and it it also like manages to make fun use of a snorri cam uh, and like feel, make a snorri cam feel a little unique. And it's because of Panda's perform our uh, designer's performance. Like he's the snorri cam um, is set up in a way where his arms are within the shot if they need to be. And him fucking dancing with this fucking camera around his body is fucking is cool. Is super, super cool to me. Um, that, so this, that is the best shot by yeah. far. Yeah. But the whole thing, like the, the cinematography, looks great, um, and it just it there's a, the can, camera movement is really great too, and it just 
like I said, the energy is super, super strong. Um, and it's there's a credit on title. It just says creative by uh, Kanye West and Paul Grausbuck. Graus, Grausbuck? Oh, man. I think you got it, yeah. Yeah, pretty close. Uh, and who's who's someone I hadn't heard of, but I um, I found a, he's got a Vimeo page, and he, a lot of his stuff. Um, he's from the Netherlands, and it looks like he does a lot of commercial work. Uh, Adidas commercials uh, seem to be what's featured most prominently on his Vimeo page, uh, and it's all this like really super neon, colorful stuff. Uh, I haven't I haven't really dug into it too deeply yet, but. Um, it seems to be very similarly styled the, to the to the pandas video. Yeah, and 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 you're right. I, I had not identified this as a Snorri cam because they use it in such a, an interesting way. Um, I actually think they're using some sort of variation of a Snorri cam when they've got the camera following the vehicles. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I actually I think they're starting to because before like Snorri cams like. Um, People used to have like make them and shit, you know. They weren't hard, easy to come by, but now I think they're they're starting to come out with a lot of rigs that are. I saw a bunch of videos that came across Vimeo, all using this Snorri Cam rig. There's one um, off the top of my head. This guy Paul Trillo made called uh, I don't remember. Anyway, uh, um, uh, I think you can start. They're, they're like Snorri Cams. You're, they're starting to have like kind of like consumer level rigs that you can buy and um which means we're going to see them a lot more mm-hmm. but uh there it's done really well like super well in this video and i agree that like if it's not specifically a story cam a lot of the shots that aren't just of like pov designer shots uh are meant to have the same feel um yeah. so yeah beh- behind the car and and a few other a few other shots because they're not quite locked off they've got a little bit of a kind of disorienting drift to them right and it's and super wide lenses still. Yeah, super wide lenses. There's also a really striking shot where um, designer is in a car and he's kind of close up, so it's not really clear like if he's doing uh, you know the Joker style hanging at the window or or what's going on. But he's wrapping and has like a, a single tear down his face, like and not like like an actual just like watery tear which is such a weird visual um but really a compelling visual as well did you catch yeah. did you see that no i don't i don't i'm like trying i'm like looking for it now fuck i love this video <laughs> yeah it is a really great video um and yeah there there are just like really str- not not strange but really interesting visual moments in this in a video that you know it, i mean it takes place in I'm not really sure what city it would be, uh, maybe Chicago, or um, but it takes place in some kind of rundown areas of a city, and and he also steals a car at gunpoint. He does. <laughs> yeah, the, the car he's driving around is one that he steals at gunpoint at the beginning of the video, uh, and then and then dances and then does a lot of dancing. That's right. Uh-huh. There's yeah. There's real really no narrative to this at all. It's just cool shots, um, but I I, I love that the, the, for and then the panda stuff. They, there's a panda on a girl's butt. And it was just like I like I hate that that's like a moment that stood out to me, but it was like maybe it's partially because of the fucking stupid Snapchat filter that puts a panda on everybody's face. Mm-hmm. That to see the panda and then have it not be on a face, but but on a butt, and for have that like for me to realize that because there was like a butt crack, <laughs> like the thing that made me realize it. Um, 
And so, uh, I don't know. I just thought that was like a, a, a moment that I found really, really funny. Um, I also, th- um, uh, designer is from Brooklyn. And so very possibly this video is in Brooklyn. This does look like Brooklyn. Yeah. There's a lot of docks and Chicago doesn't have any docks. So it sounds like Brooklyn. Brooklyn's yeah. got docks galore. You know, how, you know so, how it goes. Docks. Um, so that, yeah, great video, and I'm really excited to see. So, actually, I take that back. Uh, I was going to say I, I'm excited to see how this performs views-wise, but this is on a title exclusive, which is <laughs> bullshit. So, yeah, so by the time it makes it to Vivo, I'm sure it'll be like, it'll. I think maybe it'll be a Drake-style thing. I really, I, I understand gating the music, because right now you can't get, the Radiohead uh, Moonshape Pool album on Spotify or any of those. Or can you get the new fucking Drake album? That's right. Yeah, you got to go to, I I think to get the Radiohead album, you actually have to buy the hard copy or you can buy a digital version on their site or you just get it on iTunes. Well, it's on Apple Music. Uh, Is it on, can you stream it on Apple Music? Yeah, you have to, but you have to go to, there's like a link that you have to go to through a Radiohead website to get to it. Hmm. I don't think you could just, I don't think you could just search it. Interesting. Yeah, it's really um, weird. That is a bunch of bullshit. But <laughs> I, I, I mean, it is bullshit, but I also understand that they need to... to More than your video. That's right. The, the video stuff just still baffles me that they people want to gate that. So um, yeah. it's a, it, it is a commercial for your song. Uh, it's like, hey, you guys want to see a new Ritz commercial? Uh, that's exclusively on uh, Ritz.com. Just, to, just yeah, right. You have to pay for title to see this commercial <laughs> I just made. Uh, yeah, no, uh, doesn't make sense. Like, I get that. Like, I don't know. People got all these different players, but they don't. The, the, even even the different players don't make sense, and especially ones you got to pay money for. Um, so that's a different thing. Let's just. Let's just all enjoy the dance moves of designer. I mean, that's some, it, there's some canonical da- uh, dapping in here. Mm-hmm. Um, dapping is one of those things where I really am looking forward to the book that comes out in six years that has a chapter on where dapping came from so I can learn the real story. Because... Uh, uh, well, I mean, I guess it's just, uh, like where it came from. The story. Meaning- the story of, of dabbing. Um, all right. Cool. I mean, th- there's probably going to be a Slate.com article about it, though. <laughs> That'll happen. Yeah. That's definitely going to happen. Uh, I, also, I, I, I rely on people to write articles about this shit, so I know. Yeah. And Moon People, designer's new album. Um, I don't know when it comes out. <laughs> But it's exclusive to the title, I bet, though. If it's on good music, it probably is. Yeah. So let's talk about some something that's free and easy to watch that you don't right. have to pay any money for. That's Megan Trainor's right. new song. Cool. Um, the- I take uh, I take full blame. No, wait, that's not the name of it. <laughs> um, I'm a sad person by Megan Trainor. Uh, no, the song is called <laughs> Me Too. Um, main trainer is not a sad person as far as I can tell, but no. she was pissed today. Uh, today specifically is Tuesday, May 10th because this video came out and she looked at it and pulled it. And the reason that she pulled it off the internet is because, 
uh, and I'm not going to, it's been referred to as photoshopping, but it is completely uh, incorrect. Yeah. Uh, she was digitally altered to have a smaller waist in part of this video. Did you see this at all, Doug, the, the stories that came out about this? I did. I did. I saw some, I saw one, um, I saw one on, <laughs> on, uh, etonline.com, but then it also made me feel weird to be on the, that website because up at the top, there's a trending section. One of the links was just Lamar Odom drinking and I'm like, God, I hate, <laughs> I hate having to be on these, these type of websites uh, to, to get information. But they're talking about this music video, and so there we go. Yeah, and so it's been referred to as photoshopping, and I don't think people actually know that this happens because I think everybody knows, okay, on magazine covers, the models are photoshopped. But Photoshop is specifically for pictures. You can't, unless you want to Photoshop 24 or whatever, 29 frames a second of images over and over again, you're not using Photoshop to, to like, to do any sort of uh, motion visual work. No. Um, But I do not think that people know how common it is that uh, artists are digitally altered, just like you would in a magazine cover, not just for like complexion, but also for their body shape in, mm-hmm. in music videos and commercials and other things. All right, and not just always making them thinner. Uh, you know, the, the, you you could change a lot of you, a lot of things about a person mm-hmm. in um, a music video. Which is, and it is cheap enough now to be able to do that, to basically say, I want to alter this person's physique in this way and, you know, throw out a commercial or a music video. And it's cheap enough to be able to do that. And I think that's what happened here. Um, and so this video is directed by Hannah Lux Davis. And so the story goes that, you know, the one that Megan Trainer tells is that she was looking at a final cut of the video and was concentrating on another part and approved the video without noticing that, Somebody along the way uh, had decided, you know, that they needed to make Megan Trainer look thinner in this video, mm-hmm. um, specifically in the dancing sections. The, we- the funny and kind of ironic thing about this video is that this video is actually about Megan Trainer going to a music video shoot. Uh, so it's when she's dancing, it's like a music video within a music video. Mm-hmm. Uh, but other, so you know, basically, you know, this, what happened is. Megan Trainer pulled it down, and then she released the unaltered version, where she was just her regular self on on Vivo a few hours later. So we have the unaltered version there for us to enjoy. Thank God. Uh, thank God. <laughs> um, yeah. I what what happened? Like, did she get called out, or like, is that what kind of brought this out? Like, it's the where people being like, "This shit, look, look, this is crazy." Is that what led to this, or? <clears throat> I think so. I think that uh, from what I've read, it's a little bit confusing that that the whole timelining of, you know, what happened here. But I think what happened is Megan Trainor's fans were noticing that she had a kind of like an anatomically unrealistic waistline. This video, mm-hmm. they didn't really like touch anything else, just the waistline. Um, and there's snor- there's snorri cam in this video too. There is there's a, there's some pretty amazing cam, like camera work in this video too. I like this. Uh, I, I do like this video a lot, even though I think the song is uh, terrible. It's, it's, a, it's an awful song. Mm-hmm. But I think the video it feels a lot more. The video feels a lot like uh, it. It feels a lot more natural, mm-hmm. um, which is interesting that it you know got. Uh, 
called out before having alterations when I'm saying it felt natural, but it feels to me a lot more natural than her last video for no. Yeah. No is anomaly, and it was a v- insanely popular video. I mean, it's currently at 170 million views ish, but it, in that one, Megan Trainer looks, you know, she is styled in a way that accentuates her, her, her body a little bit less flatteringly, I think, in the no video. Mm-hmm. She looks fantastic in this video, even though, you know, Megan At Trainor, one point, she's, like, wearing, like, a costume. Yeah. Uh, like the, you're talking about, like, the little, like, the tiger costume? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they the do not, sh- you know, Hannah Lux Davis does not shy away from showing her, you know, body, basically. It's not hidden whatsoever. Basically, so, the but entire video centers on her. She's not throwing Hannah under the bus? No, I don't think so at all. Um, mm. First of all, in everything I've read, she doesn't mention... She never says, like, the director did this. Um, can I just can I just say... Yeah. That she's fucking lying to... <laughs> can we just say that, right? So, like, let's yeah, so... Be fucking re- let's be fucking real here, mm-hmm. Megan, Megan Trainer. Like, you, you asked for this. This was the thing that this was the thing that was a hundred percent asked for um, by Megan Trainer and the people who make Megan Trainer's decisions. This was not a production person going rogue um, in this case. No matter what anybody says mm-hmm. to me, I won't believe that some production like that some production person took it upon themselves to be like, I need to make Megan Trainer skinnier in this video. Uh, that's nonsense. That's not a, that 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 didn't happen. Mm-hmm. And that they and that that Megan Trainer like only watched the video once. The the people who are in, at the label only watched the video once, and like were were like up like oh a bird flew by and I didn't look at the sh- at the one shot where my <laughs> waist is, is my where where my body is altered like bullshit like that's bullshit. That's I don't I don't believe that for a second. I think that she a hundred like this was a they consciously did that. It got caught and then and then they tried to walk it back by saying like by by like just like placing the blame on some like nameless production person. Right. Uh, well, and I guess to her credit, she doesn't call out anybody specifically because there's nobody. The person she'd be calling out is her. Yeah, I, I mean, you're not wrong. I don't, I, I don't uh, disagree with that at all. Mm. Uh, but there's nobody who would go through that much. I, I do not know anybody in the music video industry, let's just say that, who would go through the trouble of altering anybody's body. Um, that's just not what these people who it, people who make it, music videos are focused on. Unless they are asked to, unless that exactly, is part yeah. of their pay to do. Like That kind of stuff comes from a different place. Yes, it does not come from some VFX guy uh, that like got hired to you know color correct this video. You know what I mean? Like it's it's not like there's a ton of other VFX here instead, mm-hmm. and it's like it's like oh yeah, like I like I was putting this dragon in the background, and I also <laughs> was like man, Megan Trainer let herself go a little bit. Let me fix that. <laughs> let me fix that up for her. Like that that's fake. That doesn't happen, and. Um, because also there's like no time for that shit, you know. P- people who work on music videos, uh, and and actually probably not 
the people who work on Megan Trainer music videos, they're probably compensated well enough, you know, larger budget music videos, but like there's, they still don't have time to be just like doing extra shit, doing Megan Trainer secret favors. Uh, it's, 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 it doesn't, it's not real. It's, um, so yeah, I don't, I don't believe it for a second. Um, I just think she got caught and, and walked it back. I, I, which is which is to me fuck even worse. Mm-hmm. Like just be like you know what yeah like I didn't think it looked great like I'm a motherfucking pop star and I and my videos get viewed by two million people uh, two hundred million people and like I want to look skinnier and I know it, it's completely contradictory of everything I say in my songs but that's fucking pop music like learn learn what the world is I, I don't know it just Megan Trader's not going to ever do that, so I don't know what I'm talking about. But uh, that's what I would prefer. That that is your preference. That is my preference, Megan. Mm-hmm. You hear me? <laughs> yeah, this is a it's a complicated one uh, because the way she kind of presented it was like she was outraged because her fans expect her to have some degree of realness, and it is it is a, kind of an. Uh, Interesting composed composed shot because the shot in question where she has been her waistline has been reduced. She's you know singing in kind of like a drapey dress uh, in front of some you know, pretty skinny dancers, backup dancers. You know, gone are the days where she had uh, you know in the Fatima Robinson video days where she had dancers who were also kind of of the same build as she as she is, mm-hmm. um, and. I, I am sad that she decided or, you know, somebody in her camp decided that she had to move away from that because I think. The- well, I think that the, also this is a video within a video. So, like, it's supposed to be um, like double sensationalized. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I don't it's not necessarily her like. <sighs> I don't know. It's so fucking frustrating to me, this thing. I don't know why. I don't know why I'm so mad at this, but it really is bothersome. I think they're just able to, you know, just throw some random person under the bus Mm -hmm. that, like, it's not really going to actually trickle down, right? Like, behind the scenes... You know they're not they're they're certainly not blaming the production company and 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 she doesn't seem to be blaming Hannah and nobody's gonna like dig out and be like try to like unearth who did it like find uh um you know just some, whatever VFX artist that might you know might might have been involved in this video or like editor like they're not like gonna bang down Jacqueline London's door uh, who or whoever edited this video. Um, the way that she seemed, the main trainer seemed to be kind of uh, contextualizing it is that there was really nobody to blame, but if there was anybody to blame, it was like some kind of faceless person pulling the switches behind the scenes who has yeah. bad intentions. There, it, it, she actually did, I think, a pretty neat job of deflecting any sort of. She really didn't make it about like, hey, I'm correcting this instead of, hey, we we're gonna witch hunt some some right. entity. Well, the witch hunt is the fact that it got on like got on Earth in the first place, and like whoever, whatever internet asshole was like, wait a minute, Megan, that's yeah. not your waist. Like get like get a life, I guess. Whatever. I get, I tweet about Postmates, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah, tell us about the so the Postmates <laughs> thing. You ordered Chick Fil A on Postmates, mm-hmm. and you which figured- is the the laziest thing that's ever been uttered on this podcast. 
for ordered fa- ordered fast food to be delivered to my house. Yeah. So it's like so fast food, but it takes an hour and a half to get to you, and you ha- and it's thirty dollars um, because because there's like a, a ten dollar delivery charge to use Postmates. It's like, uh, what should the delivery charge be for a food that's fourteen dollars? I don't know. 10 bucks like it just doesn't doesn't make sense like what should the delivery charge be i don't know just like just pay pay us pay us twice um and, and uh the, so you and asked for extra plus, honey mustard so i just said no i didn't ask for extra honey mustard i just asked for sides of honey mustard and there were six items total in what i ordered and therefore i requested six packets of honey mustard um, and the previous time we're getting deep here. The previous time I had ordered from Postmates, I asked for six packs of hun- packages of honey mustard or packets of honey mustard, and they just gave me mustard packets. Mm-hmm. Like, and I'm like, this ain't this. This doesn't go with chicken chicken nuggets. Um, so I changed the word from packets to containers. Um, so I said, please in- please include six six containers of honey mustard. <laughs> With the order, which the <laughs> which had worked twice, like people got it. Okay, you went six things of honey mustard. Like I wasn't gonna say things, yeah. But that's what they are. They're six things. What is it? It's a fucking square plastic thing full of honey mustard. Um. So anyway, uh, <laughs> the guy gets to my door and he's like, "Hey, uh, so when I when I asked for the honey mustard, they like gave me these, and they were like fucking eight ounce, <laughs> fucking eight ounce, like pack, like jars. I don't know, containers, like a hummus container of yeah, yeah, like a like like yeah, <laughs> like a hummus container, or like cream cheese." <laughs> A big ass thing. They brought me forty ounces of honey mustard for two chicken sandwiches, and, uh, and the guy's like, "Ha ha, they fucked up." And I'm like, "Y'all fucked up. You were. I'm paying you. Like, you fucked up. You had to know this was wrong. That I didn't want more honey mustard than I got anything else. It's like I need a ton of honey mustard, and I, I might as well like, yeah, I got a sandwich too. But like." Honey mustard. Um, so uh, currently, I have way more. Like it's fine, but they, I had to pay for this instead of having it free. Um, my already thirty dollars Chick Fil A became fifty dollars Chick Fil A, and um, wow, that's that's significantly more than I've uh, ever spent at a Chick Fil A. Yeah, and uh, um, now, but I got a great tweet out of it, and. Mm-hmm. I, I just had to skip three meals this week to make up for the difference. <laughs> I um the Postmates thing. So we have it here in the Triangle area, and I have not done it yet. Um, I've I've hated myself every time I've done it, and I've done it, uh, you know, two dozen times. <laughs> <laughs> what's the, what's the difference between that and what's the other thing that everybody uses? The um, seamless, seamless, yeah. Postmates will just like go get you anything. It's yeah. just like a th- it's a third party service that'll just like pick you up anything. But like, yeah, I'm gonna get it for you, but you're gonna pay me way more than you should. Uh, and it, Seamless is just like a centralized place for you to order from restaurants, and then the restaurants delivery person brings it to you. Yeah, because uh, this- here you can get stuff off like you can get stuff from PetSmart. Mm-hmm. Um, you can get right. tons of stuff. This podcast brought to you by Seamless. <laughs> 
seamless. I'm, I may, I may seamless, seamless when you don't want to pen, spend $50 for Chick-fil-A. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can, yeah. Uh, like, there's a, have you ever had a fast food place called Cookout? No, that sounds like a South-only place. Yeah, if you ever come to North Carolina, we're, we're, we'll hit up a cookout. Um, and there's one probably a mile and a half from my house, and it's saying uh, an hour and a half for delivery. So I think that's a sweet deal. I yeah. Might, I might give that a shot. It cold $50 fast food <laughs> and all the honey mustard you can eat uh, from Postmates. Well, on that note, I think um, we covered this whole week in honey mustard. Yeah. It's been a big week for music videos. We, there's a lot of stuff we didn't cover. There are Jennifer Lopez music videos, Grimes music videos, Janet Jackson, uh, Panic at the Disco. I'll put all those in the show notes. Um, yeah. And you can go to uh, imvdb.com slash podcasts for the show notes. And this is episode 192. Or you can just go to imvdb.com. You can see all the new music videos released every day. But what if they're listening to this like hundreds of years in the future? What if well, there's a, a satellite sent out into space to go to the far reaches and they're like, what podcasts should we include? They're like, Mark Marin, W2F? Nah. Joe Rogan, Joe Rogan, yeah. uh, this, this American Life serial. No, no, we got to go with uh, oh Vimeo podcast. Nah, nah. we got to go with IMVDB. It was number thirty-five for a day on the top <laughs> top music charts on the podcast app on your iOS device. So, how's, how's the Vimeo podcast doing in terms of uh, attrition? It's doing well. We haven't been uh, we haven't ranked up there in a couple of weeks. We we pop up there every once in a while though. Um, but the 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 listenership has been strong. Um, the guests have been strong. Um, Andrea and my co-hosting abilities has been strong, and we're just we're just firing it away. We just released one um, on Monday that you should you could check out vimeo.com slash podcast. An amazing episode where you ask three filmmakers about their taxes. <laughs> I do. Uh, I, I was a little nervous about that, but then Hart Perez. Sent me a little tweet saying, "Nah, boring questions about taxes are great. <laughs> like, we people need to know that shit." Uh, so, thanks absolutely, Hart. yeah. No, Hart, he's always got he's always got uh, your back when talking when we're talking taxes. Hart's a, Hart Hart is a, is a great guy. Prez, the Prez Bros as a, as a duo, mm-hmm. really the, great. The Prez Bros who have a like a cartoon character of themselves, uh, you know, what they use for social media, but yeah, it actually looks. Astonishingly, <laughs> yeah, really it really like does. Them. It uh, does. It's, it's great. pretty remarkable. So I always, I also love when uh, director duos and and teams have a singular Twitter account, but they still kind of just uh, it act as one person. So Lamar, Nick, do this. Brother, you guys do this. Uh, um, Perez Bros, you guys do that. And, and for the most part, I feel like I know which of the two is doing most of the tweeting. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't always. And uh, Perez Bros, because um, actually now that I mention it, it might not be Hart Perez. It might be a Perez Bros tweet. I can't remember which one, but I feel like I think it's Hart. I don't know now. Oh my god! Sorry, I got real. I'm getting excited. You're calm me, getting excited. Let me somebody see. calm. Somebody calm me down over here. I think it was Hart. I, I get I, too excited. I get when I, I get excited when I get talking about the Perez Bros. I tell actually, you, actually, it was Perez Bros. Yeah, I, and it is not uh, tagged with. Also, there was a there was a tweet from Vimeo that. Quoted you. Um, in <laughs> yeah, I know that that happens occasionally. That's nice. I, it, co- it quoted me about calling my mom. That's all right. Did you call your mom? 
I did for Mother's Day. Excellent. Um, well, on that note, everybody, I hope you guys had a good Mother's Day. All you, mo- you mom music video fans out there. All you moms or people with moms. That's right. And Doug's mom, if you're, if, I know you may sometimes listen to the podcast. If you are, hi and happy Mother's Day. Yeah. Um, and we'll uh, see everybody, including